baby. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Black versus the Board of Education. Because we can't get rid of us now. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Because we can't get rid of us now. And you know that we don't that's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. <laughs> That's right. We back for another Monday. Hey, 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 hey. To all the people out in the Facebook land and the YouTube landscape, welcome to another episode of Black versus the Board of Education. Uh, my name is Miss Lorena, and I welcome you into this space, everyone except for those five officers, and we'll get to them in a little bit. Um, but before we get started, you know how we do. We like to go around the room and let you know who's in the building. Um, so let's start with Jalen, since you're right here. Hey, hey, Jalen. Hello. Uh, my name is Jalen. Uh, I am a college student. I don't know what grade because COVID, but I'm a college student. <laughs> you're in the 15th grade. Keep going. Like, sound like that. <laughs> sound like that. Uh, and yeah, yeah, we're back. Back. Back indeed, back indeed. Yeah. Miss Keela, I'm gonna throw it over to you. Hey, hey. Hey, it's your girl Keela. Go ahead and put that microphone up to your mouth so they can hear you. I did. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, my name is Keela, college student also. <sighs> How you feeling? You okay? No, I'm sad. Okay. All right. We'll talk about that. Miss Jada. Hey y'all, we're back. My name is Jada. Um, I am a homeschooled senior here in the Sacramento area. And we got a very important topic to talk about, and I got notes. I'm ready for this conversation. You ready? That's what I like to hear. Uh, go ahead and pull up Sam. Hey, Sam, welcome back. Hello. My name is Samuel. Uh, I'm 12. Uh, sixth grade. Uh, honor roll. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, welcome back. You look You look real... Um. Huey from the Boondocks. You look like you're going to give us a whole lot today. What I and I'm that, waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. Go I'm ahead and pull up Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa. I'm 16 in Southern California. And we have an important topic to talk about today. And so for everybody who's who's watching, I know like earlier in the week, we had a whole nother topic that we were right. going to discuss, but this one was so important that we had to push the other one and, and really focus on this one here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted for a, a, a bunch of reasons. One, um, normally when we talk about brutality and, and the police brutality and what exists, we normally see um, white officers being brutal to black bodies and not receiving a punishment. This time it's a little bit different because all of the officers look like us. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit ticked off because I'm disappointed. Right. I'm disappointed that we would have uh, this type of thing happen and folks thought that they could get away with it because they wear a badge mm -hmm. um, and they forgot that blue doesn't apply to them when they're black. Um, and so we're going to have a whole discussion about it. Um, I, I also have a whole bunch of notes and I'm just, I want to start off by asking you all, how are you feeling today? Because it's important that we really kind of gauge how you're feeling because I, unlike some adults out here, I don't believe that you can see or hear about things like this and be okay. 
So, um, Samuel, how are you feeling today? Um, disturbed. Okay. I I, I couldn't watch the video because I I just didn't want to. I mean, that's it's just not my forte to just watch black men be beat over and over and over again. Understandable. And I see Dr. O is back. So can we pull up Dr. O, friend to the show, Dr. O Ben Magni? Welcome to the welcome back. Go ahead and introduce yourself if you can hear us. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself really quick and we'll keep continue to jump into this conversation. Yeah, how you guys doing? Uh Obed Magni, former police officer of uh, 17 years. And of course I'm breaking everything around me. Uh, I had some technical difficulties, but we're good now. We're good now. We're here. Uh, but yes, yeah, 17 years in law enforcement, um, you know, do a lot of work in research and policing. Uh, currently, I have a consulting company that focuses on helping police organizations boost their recruiting and retention by increasing morale and job satisfaction using interpersonal skills, which is grossly needed in the profession. Well, welcome back. And I was Thank just you. going to, hey, Lisa, I was just going to the cast to kind of gauge how they're feeling because I like Sam refuse to watch the video. Um, I think that I'm, I'm really tired of seeing what I refer to as snuff films. Um, and I don't ever want to get desensitized to the amount of um, disregard for human life um, that I've read about. Um, I don't have to watch the whole video to get the gist of what occurred. And so Jalen, talk to me. How are you feeling? <sighs> Um, very odd. Like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's not an explainable feeling. It's like, I don't know. Are you numb or? I would, yeah, because of the simple fact I, well, first of all, I didn't watch the video. I didn't want to watch it. Um, just like you said, I'm, I'm desensitized to it. That's just the way that the social media makes things out to be because every mm -hmm. if soon as something happens 37 people are posting it posting the video you see it over and over again but the thing that about this situation that that is different to me is that you heard about it and then there was like a lead up to the body cam footage mm -hmm. being played so like there everybody was like oh the body cam footage is gonna be out tomorrow Make sure you guys are ready for it. We've seen it. Make sure you guys are ready. It was different than anything else that we've ever seen because you don't usually get a disclaimer from the people who act like right. from the police chief mm, themselves saying like, it. hey, we're going to release the footage tomorrow. Everybody be wary of what you're going to see. Mm. Keila, talk to me. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm sad. Um, when I first heard about it over the weekend, um, kind of what you were saying, they were dropping the video and I didn't know, I just knew the situation would happen. And then first thing I do, I go on Instagram, the the whole video was like up. It didn't have like the disclaimer or nothing. Like I seen it and I was like, oh my God, it was a lot. And I watched it for like maybe a minute and then I was like, okay, I can't. It was, yeah, it's really sad. Melissa. Very kind of like how Jalen was saying, it's really hard to describe what you're feeling because we see this so many times and this time it feels a little different um, because like there was the lead up and then we found out that the, the 
cops were black and it was finding out, I was finding out things in pieces. So piecing all of the things together. And then the lead up to, I didn't watch the video, but the lead up to releasing the video and then hearing people talk about it and not describing what was happening, but talking about how they were feeling. I guess the word would be unsettled um, and just uncomfortable because although it keeps happening and we keep seeing it and hearing about it, it still feels kind of different. Um, and it still hurts the same as all of the other times. Mm. Jada. Um, I did not hear it at the same time everybody else heard it. Um, I might have, I believe that I got news of it a few days ago. Um, my mom had brought it to my attention. And at first, my first assumption was like, oh, like, it wasn't surprising because I just thought, oh, you know, another black body discarded by white police officers. But then she showed me the picture of all the police officers and they're all black. And I was I think that's what kind of hit me the hardest because it was like. You're a black man in America and you decide to treat your own people the same way that white officers would normally treat them like. I guess when I think of black people being put in positions that you normally see white people in, I have higher expectations for them and how they plan to use their position to help the community they came from. But instead, you're I had read a couple comments under the social media post and they were talking about that badge like you you guys thought that you could get away with the same stuff that white police officers could. Like you forgot that you're still black. Like it was just, it was gut-wrenching. Um, I did watch all 26 minutes of the video. Um, actually needed support from Keela because I didn't know if I could do it alone. Um, I don't like seeing my people get beat up on. You know, it's easy to watch it in like movies or TV shows, but seeing it happen in real life, in real time, and knowing somebody died, that I didn't know if I was ready for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and Dr. O, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you because I understand that you have a different type of perspective and it may be the same. I don't want to assume. Um, but when you heard about the video, you got wind of the video. Um, what was your take? My feelings are no different than everybody else's. I mean, what we saw was a lynching. I mean, it was just a modern day lynching that was not policing. Uh, that's not something that I would ever, ever support. Uh, anybody who says that, you know, that level of force was even remotely justified, you know, right. I mean, I mean, that incident spoke for itself, right? Um, there were just so many issues, officer safety issues. Um, but, you know, I think the bigger picture here is Tyree should be alive right now. We right. shouldn't even, we, there should be another conversation going on on this podcast and it shouldn't be about him. Mm. um period I mean, there's to say that it was inexcusable would just it still doesn't do it any justice that it was just we, what we watched was a modern day lynching and it harms you know public safety in more than one way right so again for many of us who work in the policing world to you know to improve the profession you know whenever there's that one step or two steps forward something like this now you're a thousand steps back and you got to start all over again. So, <clears throat> you know, you know, what do you say? 
I mean, you're thinking that, yes, and I think, uh, you know, it was brought up that your own people, Black folks in uniform, you would think hmm. would be, uh, you know, looking out for you, right? And no, not well, it, not I so mean, much. you might think that or you might think like Ice Cube did, say Black black cops showing out for the white cop right mm -hmm. um and their brutality towards black people is like on another level and i think it was james baldwin who said that you have to watch out and i'm paraphrasing because i'm not going to quote him because i don't remember the quote but basically you have to watch out for the black officers because they're the ones with the most to prove right mm. and so as i was looking at through social media and i was looking at everything um, I just have to lift up his name, Tyree Nichols, 29 years old. He was actually born here in Sacramento, uh, June 5th, 1993. Um, the name of this episode is When They Call for Mama. And the reason I chose that name is we are starting to see um, Black men who are, know that they're facing um, their mortality at the end of their life. The one thing that continues to happen is they start to call out for their mama and so I was asking Jada last night what do you think why do you think these men in in at the end towards the end of their lives thought about mama what does what significance do you think that that holds Samuel what do you think I think it's Oh, I heard that call. That's the only no, reason. Uh, I think it's just, it's just like, it's kind of like your life flashing before your eyes. Like when, mm -hmm. you're, when you kind of know that you're about to die. And it's kind of, sim I feel like it's kind of similar to that experience of like, the person who birthed me, I'm calling out to them. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, mama, mama. Like kind of trying to seek solace. And when you know they're not there. Keela, do you have an idea? What do you think? I have a goosebumps on my body. Um, for me, it's like, even me in general, like the first thing I'm doing after anything happens, like even if it's something little, I'm calling my mom. I'm talking to my mom. But why? Why do you think you do that? She's my rock. Like that's that's it for me. So it's emotional. Yeah, it's just a lot crazy Jalen well and it's okay to get emotional um, it's okay <laughs> I would say for me it's because you know in black families the mom is usually the one who does a lot of the mom and the dad mm -hmm. so um you have that and she is your protector she's your provider she mm. does all these little things for you um she's always there for you we might and then as as a kid you might not see it like she loves you sometimes because of how she might put things but they do it out of love um and you know she's always going to be the first person that you're going to go to mm. For anything, um, right. you have good or bad. You're like, mom, this just happened. Mom, this just happened. Mom, this just happened. Mm -hmm. It's and it, and it doesn't matter what age. You no, know? like, no. like that. That tends to be something that you know I'm seeing 
um, a lot of, and, and I can say in, in regards to me, I remember when I was in school or I would be sick and I would be fine until my mama walked through the door and I start crying mm -hmm. because my mama was there. Right. So Jada, what do you think? Why do you think, uh, towards the end, they start to call out for their mom? Um, based off of the simple thing that he needed his protector, you know, he needed, he needed his mom. Um, I believe that it was claimed that when he had like got out the police's grip, he was actually running to his mom's house. He was mm -hmm. seeking shelter in her protection. And I, I would assume that when the police were on him, when they finally caught up to him, when he was on the way to his mother's house, he was calling out for her, for her to like hear him any way that she could to hear him, to come get him, to come save him because she was looking for that protection. He wanted her to be there. And if you watched her interviews, um, she said that, at some point in the night, she got this really um, horrible pain mm -hmm. in her stomach and she didn't know what it was. And then she said, thinking back, that was my son's pain that I was feeling. Um, Melissa, what do you what do you think? I think there's everyone was right. And there's so many aspects to it. I feel like in in society, we see that black boys and men, their feelings are suppressed and they are told that they aren't allowed to express those feelings but your mom is the one person who that doesn't apply to because no matter what you can like everyone said that's your that's that's your rock like that's your person you can go to her and tell her anything so that's what he needed and and it's it's the pain of hundreds of years of oppression and seeing these videos and seeing the same thing happen to your people over and over again knowing that that could happen to you and knowing that it's happening to you in that moment, what you need is your mom. And it's, it's that that's the only thing you feel like nothing's going to help you in the moment. And deep inside, you know, that nothing can help you, but your mom is the one thing that if someone could help you, it would be her. Got it. Um, and so for those of us or those of you who are have been under a rock, what we're talking about is Tyree Nichols. On January 7th, officers pulled uh, Tyree Nichols over for an alleged traffic violation. My understanding is they said that he was uh, bobbing and weaving in and out um, uh, of traffic. And so he was pulled over. Um, and so in listening to the chief, the police chief, she said that um, they looked at the, the body cam footage or some footage and they couldn't even substantiate why he was pulled over in the first place. Um, the resulting altercation, the, which can only be described as a severe beating, uh, left Tyree with a bunch of injuries, including um, him going into cardiac arrest, um, his neck being broken. Um, and I'm and Keila, you were telling me, but I was trying to write really, really fast and, and I forgot. Do you failing, remember? Failing kidney. Yeah. Failing, failing kidney. kidney. Something about his uh, ribs. And no. his ribs. No? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I did hear the um interview with his parents, his mom and his stepfather, and they said that um basically what his injuries ended up being did not make sense to what they were told. They told he was tased um and pepper sprayed. He was. But the extent of his injuries did not line up with what the family was told. Um, the mom also said that um, she was told that she could not go to the hospital because um, he was under arrest. That's crazy. 
Um, and it wasn't until the doctor called her at four o'clock in the morning and said, why aren't you here? That she <laughs> found out that she could actually um, go to the hospital. That's and so she also sick. found out the extent of his injuries. So the picture that we see of him laying in the hospital bed is the one that his stepfather took um, while he went to visit. Um, I mean, yeah. Dr. O, when you see um, the extent of the injuries, and I know that you said there's no way kind of to justify why those happened, what, why do you think it happened in that way? Was it lack of um, punishments? They didn't think they would, they would get punished for it? Or, or is it just acceptable to beat Black folks? Like, what, what is it? It could be a combination of all of the above. Um, I mean, this is nothing new, right? We've seen this with the crash unit with the LAPD back in the day. Uh, we've seen the video of Rodney King getting beat up by mm -hmm. several officers. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know that we're focusing on, you know, the, you know, five, uh, I guess you could say the, the ringleader, so to speak. But, you know, let's not forget we've heard the duty to intervene and we've heard duty to intervene policies and so on and so forth. You know, even in the Rodney King videos, you got the officers beating up on Rodney King and then you have the other ones just standing around and not stepping in and doing anything. And so the injuries horrific, right? And you know, where does this come from? Well, you know, sometimes if there's no supervision, you know, guys will go and just do a whole bunch of things and you don't know what's going on under the darkness of night. Right. Mm. And, you know, the irony, the camera that you were just talking about, Lorene, that captured the uh, the second incident or I guess the second scene, that post where the camera was uh, located, it was put there on purpose because the community members were like, hey, you know what? There's a lot of violent crime that's going on. We want to prevent crime. So we want a camera over there. And then the irony is that camera's there captioned crime, not from your quote unquote bad guys, but from the police. Well, so, allegedly, I mean, like the traditional bad guys or the ones who continue. Right. To, but that's, that's what, I, that's, right. that's what I meant by air quotes. You know, gotcha. you, the last people you would expect a crime being committed by is the police. And that's what took place here. So I guess it depends know, on who, who you ask, though, Dr. O, because I think that the community has a different opinion of how and who's getting away with these so-called crimes. Um, and I do, and I do understand what you're saying. Um, and I see Mama Margie is in the chat. And Mama Margie, I actually shared the um, link for the show if you want to pop in, because you 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 talking in the chat. And if you want to pop in um, to the conversation, please feel free. And I don't mean to cut you off, Doctor O, but I want to get these uh, charges, uh, what they were actually charged with. So you have five black officers charged: Tadarius Bean, Demetrius Haley. Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith. Um, they were charged with second-degree murder, two counts of official misconduct, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, one count of official oppression, and one count of aggravated assault. And um, because I want to understand everything that I'm reading, uh, Dr. O, can you kind of tell, like, the two counts of official misconduct, is that the failure to intervene that you're talking about? It could be uh, every agency's defining, uh, they define it differently. So that could be it. 
Okay. And then when you have aggravated kidnapping, why was aggravated kidnapping added as a charge? Why do you think? Because, of course, we can't, you know, assume we know everything. But why aggravated kidnapping? So if you, if, you know, if you look at the film, if you look at the uh, video, we did not determine that there was a lawful traffic stop in the first place. So if there's no legal authority to detain someone, you can't just run up on their car and then yank them out. That's right, right. the equivalent of the kidnapping. Okay. So just like you alluded to, there's no video showing that there was any reckless driving, which was the, you know, the explanation for the stop in the first place. But, you know, you see the video, the car's actually stopped at a red light with its blinker right. on. So oh. its blinker yes, on. I haven't seen the video. So y'all are y'all are going to have to yeah. help us sister out. Um, one count of official oppression. Is that the same thing as kidnapping or does that extend to something else? Uh, again, uh, I'm guessing that's the, you know, the second scene. Well, it could be both scenes. The, just the mere fact that they had him detained and they had no legal reason to detain him. Uh, and again, every, again, this is one of the other issues in policing is that every department defines everything differently from one jurisdiction to another. Every state defines these things differently. So. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to understand because when I see kidnapping and I see official oppression as in unofficial oppression, um, I, I just I, I have a problem when I'm when I'm looking at things and I'm not really understanding what they're, um, you know, uh, trying to express. Um, the other thing is there were not only were these five officers uh, fired, um, you had three Memphis Fire Department employees fired. Um, and I believe that was because the first responders did not render aid in a sufficient amount of time. Um, and then this morning I was on social media scrolling and Tevin, you have my slide. They actually found another officer who was relieved of his duty um, because of what he did. And I believe this is the person. Um, and can you make that bigger, Tevin? And you can make me smaller because, you, you know, um, I believe he's the person that initiated the original stop in the first place. And so this officer, uh, what's his name? Preston Hempfield. So happy, happy Monday to everybody except for him too. Um, he was actually relieved of his duty. Now, what I find interesting is that there were, you guys said nine police officers on the scene. There was or five seven. or six in the beginning. And then yeah. when they called for backup, there was about at least nine. Yeah. Like swarms of nine police. total total. Not nine. Exactly. Like, so at first it started with five and six and then more police officers started file in. But the way the body cam was moving, it was like, there was like police, everywhere. a bunch of people. Like but it was like a know. group of three, a group of two, a group yeah. of three over here. So you didn't know who, if they were the same people from the old angle or if they were new people coming in. So there was okay. just a lot more police officers when it first started. But the five were fired immediately. Mm -hmm. yep. And I'm not sure how that was determined, but this is the sixth one. Right. And he is the one who pulled him over in the first place. And I believe he's on video saying what? Uh, I think he said, I hope they stomp him. Um, talking about the officers coming. I hope they stomp Tyree. Mm. Um, and so he has not been arrested. My understanding is he has not been arrested. He's just been relieved for duty. He has not been indicted by the grand jury as the other ones were indicted. And as you're going through social media, what people continue to point out is that the black officers are being treated differently and the white officers have some kind of shield or cover over them and somebody protecting them. Mm -hmm. So when you guys 
saw the video because you guys actually watched it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it was they should have been fired immediately? Yes. Yes. Tell me why. All of them. Because first of all, I go I, ahead and go to your notes, sis. I see. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I felt like they should have been fired immediately, not only because of the way that they handled the situation, but also because of how so of how they explained it when more police started showing up. Like first, like after they had beat up Tyree, they were giggling, they were cackling about making jokes about how he was running, and then more police started showing up, looking at Tyree's condition. And I believe one of the officers, one of the officers assumed to be Emmett Martin III, he was like, "Oh, I got him out the car," and was like, "Hey, bro, you good?" And then he said that he was like, started making swinging noises, and then he was like, "And he almost hit me." And then the other cop had told him, "Oh, he reached for Martin's gun, so we slammed into the car, and it was on from there." And it was like, and I saw the body cam mm -hmm. and I'm like, none of that happened. So who are you fronting for? And I felt like they were trying to justify Tyree's condition, which means they were trying to cover it up. And I didn't like that. And I believe that the white guy should have got fired, too, because he was the one who tased him. He was the one who did the pepper spray and he was the one who got the baton and started beating on him, mm -hmm. or beating on him as well as the other five black officers. And you could even see that when it first happens. He literally is listening, like no arguing, nothing. He's just like, okay, I'm on the ground. Okay, I'm doing this. Okay, you're hurting me. And like, they're and still, about, yeah. And then talking about, put your, put your arms behind your back before I break it. What? Yeah. Like, are we serious? Melissa. And he was complying, like he was listening. <laughs> he was literally listening. He was like, okay, okay, like what did I do? Talking about, oh yeah, I, I just got him out the car and it was like, hey bro, you good? You pulled up on the side of him. The white guy was in the car. He pulled up behind him and they yanked the door open and yanked him out the yeah car. and he says i didn't do anything what and he did yanks I do? I didn't him out do anything like melissa's face is contorted so that means she wants to jump in <laughs> i have i have two things that i wanted to say that i noticed or one thing that jada said about officers saying put your hands behind your back before i break them um i was when i was doing research there was a quote that i found that stood out um, and it said the review of the footage found that the officers shouted at least 71 commands mm -hmm. during the approximately 13 minute period. Yes. So, and it said um, the orders were simultaneous, as you can imagine, obviously, and contradictory. So I just thought that that was like, I don't know how you expect him to comply because that's a lot of the times what we get when things are put on social media and there's people commenting it's just like, oh, well, why didn't he just comply with the police? Why was he resisting arrest? 71 commands in 13 minutes. What are you even supposed to be responding to or complying with if you're having everyone screaming at you in overlapping words? That was just something that stood out to me. The second thing was what you were saying, Miss um, Miss Lorene, when you were reading the charges, and I believe you said aggravated assault, right? Correct. When I was also doing research, and we talked about this before the show about the um, Scorpion unit, and it was supposedly created to address violent crimes like <laughs> homicides, robberies, and aggravated assault, which they did none of, but instead reversed it and committed those crimes, which I just found to be the exact opposite of what their job descriptions are well and and just so because that was on my notes too melissa you ain't let me get to it I'm sorry. <laughs> but the scorpion unit uh was uh stands for the street crimes operation to restore peace in our neighborhoods that's what the scorpion unit was supposed to 
be for, but you have people actually inciting the violence on the community instead of helping to restore peace. And Sam, I see your hand. Talk to me. Uh, so I want to go to the I think it's gone. I don't know if it's on me or just just go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Um. So I wanted to go to the police department, specifically like the chief, the higher ups, and the police department. It just feels like they only care because there was camera footage and everybody knows about it. They they wouldn't actually care if nobody knew knew about it, and they would just cover it up and say that it was an it it happened to be an accidental death somehow some way i feel like they only care they only make these firings they only do all this stuff just as a makeup cause to get everybody's trust but when nobody knows about a situation where a black man is killed they just cover it up and act like nothing happens and do it again they don't, they don't actually care who dies they just care how it looks on them the optics of of how they die and if anybody knows about they die about how they died. And something I want to circle back to is what Jalen had said earlier when he was like, it wasn't like a regular, like police brutality moment. It was like, oh yeah, the footage is coming out, so be ready for it. Normally, when it has something to do with the white officer killing a black person, they'll try and cover that footage up or send them on temporary leave or paid leave. And so I just thought like, that was interesting how they wanted to use these black officers as an example, yeah, like, oh, look, see, we can handle problems. Yeah, but why is the white guy with the baton, the pepper spray, and the taser going on? Uh, what was it? Well, he's just been relieved of his duty. Relieved he hasn't been indicted or anything like the others. And I'm like, same energy. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. reason why he got pulled over. Right. And who, and I just thought it was funny. Normally, when I see get people, when I, normally, when I see people get pulled over, it's on the side of the road. I don't. I don't know anything about people getting pulled over at a red light with their turn signal on. Is that a thing, Obed? Can people get pulled <laughs> over at a red light with their turn signal on? Uh, technically, yeah, but nobody does that. That's uh, that's poor tactics. I mean, it's, it's not safe for the civilian and it's not safe for the officer. And I saw you trying to jump in here. What were you trying to say? Because I saw I keep seeing your hand move. You want to tell us something. What you talking about? No, those are just a couple of things. Um, just to go back to the what, the point that I was trying to finish up with uh, first is that the Scorpion unit that you were just talking about, uh, there were already a couple of complaints made about the unit that went nowhere until this happened. What so you mean this, they went nowhere? Like they ignored them? Right. So when the complaints were made, nobody was disciplined. You know, nobody was. Basically, the complaint was taken and it was like, okay, thanks for letting us know but they were still able to do the things that they were doing. So you were asking the question, like, how can something like this happen? This is one of those reasons. When people are not held accountable, when units are not held accountable, um, situations like this happen and they happen all the time. So when you're not held to account, then you start seeing situations like this. And so, you know, I do want to make another point. The uh, You were talking about there were several officers on scene. Uh, there were more than one. There was more than one agency on scene. So you guys probably don't know, but there were two uh, sheriff's deputies uh, from Shelby County, I think, that were suspended just for being there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously what happens is, and a lot of people don't know this, is that 
a neighboring agency doesn't have access to those body worn cameras. So when you heard the Shelby County Sheriff saying, hey, I didn't even know, I didn't see any of this stuff. What happens is, what happens in one agency happens there, but nobody shares any of that information. So you don't find out until after the fact, oh, a couple of my officers were there too. And, you know, hmm. find out. so that's just a little nuance uh, in policing that, oh, you know, that complicates things. Uh, Cause I can tell you right now, you know, when I worked in Sacramento, you know, you could have like five agencies at one, in one scene and good luck trying to get, you know, info or even reports from those other agencies. If you can, uh, there's a process that it, it's a process just to get that. So. That sounds crazy. And it sounds like they need to streamline policing. And I know that you're an advocate for streamlining policing. And if you're not, you are now, cause I just said it. Um, I just think, that there has to be more of, of a, a streamlined approach to things. There should not be different rules at different agencies. There should not be um, this wall of silence that people can hide behind, especially when something so brutal is happening. And that's not to say that this is the only place where brutal brutality exists. Um, in Sacramento, we've had our, our fair share under the leadership here and whether he was black or whatever, um, there was not much um, there was not much attention paid to the amount of trauma that goes on in a family when your officers behave badly. And I don't want to um, give this this chief in in Memphis a pass. I understand everybody's excited because she fired these five officers. But sister girl led a whole unit down in Atlanta that did the same type of comparable thing called the Red Dog Unit that was also disbanded. Hmm. So there seems to be this thing where, and I love your shirt, Melissa, all, all my skin folk and Kim folk, um, we got to keep it a buck. She did not do anything that was not expected of every other chief when this type of ridiculousness happens on the streets. Period. She did what she was supposed to do. Right. And she doesn't get a cracker for that or a cookie or anything else. You were supposed to reprimand them. You were supposed to get them out of there because their job is to protect and serve and i hate that line because that there's not a lot of protecting and serving going on for black folks in this country so we got to keep it a buck thank you seven and the other parts of that is we have to get to the point where we're this system is rooting out these people i don't i don't want to hear no more oh it's only one bad apple here or one bad apple there that's not that doesn't blanket all police nobody's saying it's blanket in all police but this is happening far too often for it to just be one bad one in the bunch right and so we have to get to this point where and, and this is the other thing and i'm sorry i'm just jumping over places but there have been calls for the community to bring in more black officers let this show us that black officers are not the answer. Right. Black police chiefs are not the answer because the whole damn system is guilty as hell, all of it. And so I don't think this can be reformed. I think this needs to be eradicated and we need to start over. I don't know what this thing is. I don't know this lack of humanity that exists within law enforcement. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose. Um, I'm not really sure, but when you do have so-called good officers, look how they're treated. And I read your article in a SAC B last week. Oh, babe, we'll talk about that later. Maybe not today. Um, uh, Samuel. So I was talking to Dr. Obed earlier today. And oh, were you? 
Yeah. He answered a few of my questions about the situation and policing as a whole. But he said that basically when officers put on that uniform, they're not black. They don't have, they're not Haitian. They don't have a cultural identity. They're a police officer. They're blue. They're not. They some Smurfs. Got it. (laughs) Okay. Talk to me some more, Sam. What else did he say? (laughs) Uh, And he said like, it's kind of like the good old boys where they, they, they won't say anything if it's not necessary. They're, they're going to cover things up and because your job will be put in jeopardy if you come out and say anything about a situation that's just not known about. Like if you see an injustice and say it, you could be uh, terminated because it's like, hush, hush. It's hush, hush around there. Yeah. Hey, if nobody sees anything, nothing happened. Mm. So. And so how does that work when you are, um, when you are expected to serve the community, how does that work? How does being hush hush help in any way? And anybody can answer Jalen, you've been kind of quiet this episode. Uh, how, how does that help when there is a code of silence that is enacted behind the scenes? Um, and you have a responsibility allegedly to the community. How, how does that work? Um, it doesn't want to throw anybody under the bus and but how is that beneficial for the community it's not it's not at all there's nothing about the system that is beneficial to the community that's why a lot of people are calling for you said reform won't work but people are calling for reform i don't know what the answer is um i don't either because (laughs) like because like if you start over like what does it look like? what does that look like and what's to stop them from starting over and putting the same people who are who influenced this into the next one so it's like what is the actual option you know because everybody's tired of it and it's like every single time some another thing happens everybody just gets tired of it again and keeps getting tired i'm like when are when are we gonna stop being tired You know, was it who who said I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired? Everybody. I think that was Fannie Hamer, maybe. I think it was. Um, they were sick and tired during the civil rights movement. They've been sick and tired. And I remember there's this uh meme going around, and they have, of course, um James Baldwin, and he's like, How much time is taking my father's time? It's taking my my auntie's time, my cousin's time, my children's time. How much time for your progress? And that's why people are tired. They're sick and tired of waiting for a semblance of, of progress when they say, oh, well, we'll just get uh, uh, more black folks in law enforcement. Well, if black folks have blue minds, does that really help? Mm. Right. Or, or <laughs> girl, you want Ooh, it on a shirt? I'm going to work on that. <laughs> well, my thing, but one thing, because I heard Rodney King get brought up in the one headline that I kept seeing because I didn't really I didn't really read a lot of headlines but the one re- headline that I did read was that somebody in the maybe the police chief came out and said that this beating was worse than Rodney King's I'm like I'm well, not even going to compare them the two but that, no and I'm a just saying no yeah I get no, what you're I'm saying, saying but... that was even before the that was before it was released so that's already yeah. setting expectations already so they already knew what was going on I I'm can't like, even what do we compare the two well, why are we doing that I think what made this situation worse than 
because watching that video was really hard. Um, I think what made the situation worse was not only having to hear him call for his mom, but also the lack of care afterwards. You said that the um the paramedics you said they got fired. I think they were terminated or mm-hmm. either they're suspended. They, they were fired. They, they were, were fired. fired. Okay. Because of their lack of medical attention. They said it took them 16 minutes to render aid. And I, I read somewhere else it said 23. So I'm not sure what number it is. That video was 26, 26, sec, 26 minutes long. And I didn't see a single ambulance out there. It was just a bunch of police chatting. And then when more police showed up, they were trying to justify his condition saying, oh, he's high as a kite. And, and then when mm-hmm. he like slumped over, they were like, bruh, sit up. Like, I'm beat up and you want me to sit up? Like and then well, he, just knowing that he had a broken neck, like, like literally, and you want like, me to how, sit up? How how does one sit up and they're in that much pain? Or maybe it's that they assume that black people don't feel pain. I don't know. I don't know what that was. That uh, yeah, they yeah. were laughing. Yeah, and then he slumped back over, and they were flashing a light. Hey, what you got? What you got? Like they were trying to say that like he had something. Like they said, um, what they say? He said, oh, he's high as a kite. Um, it's more than dope. He was caught strongly high. There was nothing um, in the car. And then they were talking like they were confused. They're like, he ain't got nothing on him or nothing in his car. And then one of the guys was like, he must have threw it on his way running. And they're just flashing the light saying, uh, what you got? What you got? And he was out here like struggling and making like these moaning sounds like he was really struggling. And they were like, you can't go nowhere. Like he's trying to break out of his handcuffs. And I just in your final moments, you're. He was getting taunted by the police while he was slowly dying. And I think that would that's what made it the most unbearable to watch. You see him literally slowly dying and people don't care at all. They're laughing. They're making jokes saying he was looking like what Stevie Wonder or something. Mm-hmm. He was saying some jokes like the way he was running. And I'm just like, y'all got time for jokes right now? OK. Mm. I mean, <sighs> Melissa, your mouth is open. I, I <laughs> uh, I have I have what Jada was saying that's bullying right there that's bullying like there's nothing more that that's exactly what that is um and what you were saying earlier Miss Lorene about what people will constantly say when we're talking about police system and you know it's only one bad cop or whatever and this you can't say that because that doesn't that doesn't speak for every cop in the system and how we were talking about reforming a system but how do you reform a system that wasn't built for us in the beginning mm-hmm. and i i have a i have a quote about like how how um policing started and it says the origins of modern day policing can be traced back to the slave patrol the earliest formal slave patrol was created in the carolinas in the early 1700s with one mission to establish a system of terror and squash slave uprisings with the capacity Mm -hmm. to pursue apprehend and return runaway slaves to their owners so the entire system was built against us so what we're not surprised as we know to see this happen again but like you were saying you can't reform a system for us that was not built for us right yeah yeah and I, i agree I agree. I just, you know, I would like to see more accountability. Um, Yes, people were, I don't know if they were upset. I think people were noticing um, the difference in the way black and white officers are treated. Um, And I think that um, their point 
stands. However, everybody who engages in this type of brutality needs to be fired immediately. Period. No paid leave. No, no wait for everything to come out. They see this stuff. A lot of times, I believe, like you guys said, they, they decide to either destroy the tape or own, like edit the tape so that mm-hmm. it presents a certain narrative. Um, and, and I just think that um, we have to start to get real with we want accountability, period. And, and, and everybody who is is found to be guilty of this type of conduct needs to be fired, period. And I think that if they end qualified immunity, that's a great place to start. What's that? That is um, Obed qualified immunity. I'm gonna so let him basically, give you the, <laughs> the, the Reader's Digest version is, and this was uh, the Supreme Court, you know, stated this, but basically uh, if you're in the scope of your duties, uh, even if something horrible or something tragic happens in the scope of your duties, if you feel like you're doing the right thing, uh, you can't be uh, you can't be sued. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh huh. Uh huh. We need a Rico. And I think that you know we we have to keep it a buck that a lot of things are being hidden behind this qualified immunity. Um, you know, and and you would hear it in the tape that's given. Oh, he reached for the waistband. Oh, he was high. There's some justification right. that um, they give to. Um, describe or to uh explain why they responded in a specific way um and i think that that is dangerous to have uh, people who have not been held accountable for misdeeds on the job i don't know any other job that and folks I, can get away with this type of brutality go ahead and i and, and i just want to throw something in there real quick with the qualified immunity this is why when you see settlements and everything it's always the city that pays out it's not the individual officer. So if I go out and I do, you know, let's just say these, like, I'll, we'll just use what's going on in Memphis. There's going to be a settlement. This is obviously not going to go to court, mm-hmm. but it's going to be the taxpayers, the people of Memphis, the citizens of Memphis, who are going to pay for what these officers did. It's not going to come out of their pockets. My question is who, um, who's the person who, like, decides that? Like, yeah, decides this, if it's qualified immunity or not. Or the whatever. Supreme Court already said it. So unless Congress create, well, the George Floyd uh, Act that's in Congress mm-hmm. right now, or that's in limbo right now, is looking to remove that. So that's where the still, that's why I didn't, that's why I didn't go anywhere, because that was the hill everybody was going to die on. Uh, so, you know, you have the Democrats who are like, we want to get rid of it. Republicans are like, nah, we're not doing that. So now I've got a stalemate and it hasn't gone anywhere. And now it's being resurrected in conversation. Um, and I know this is not a political show like that, but. Uh, there's already members of Congress saying, "Hey, we're not touching this particular issue. It's a, it's, it's a, it's dead on arrival, so to speak, on the qualified immunity part." So we'll see what happens. <laughs> no, my my question was, um, like, is it the police? Like, is it the police force themselves that um, decide if it's qualified immunity, or is it like, no, no, no it, it's a, of their job, right? It's assumed Uh, that they have qualified immunity because of their job. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I, I just get really, really agitated. Um, and it's, and I just want to lift up mama Margie's comment in the chat. It says as a country, we are going back to removing the entire race laws must be put in place. So the wronged officers can't go from city to city 
The focus must be in saving the lives and not taking lives. Mm -hmm. Protests must be to change for the removals, laws, mental health testing, community review board selections. Um, and I think all of those things are important. Um, but most importantly, we got to get rid of people who don't have the community um, best interest at heart. The fact that they had this scorpion unit that, again, street crimes operation to restore peace in our neighborhoods, yet and still they were the ones not being peaceful that came with the intent to harm because you cannot do the things that you do and and think that you're not going to harm somebody. And I saw and, and I said I didn't watch the video. I did not watch the whole video. I watched about 10 to 15 seconds and they were just taken off on that dude. Like he did something so egregious that they were defending their mama. Like the amount or the 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 malice that was contained in those multiple blows to his head, um, to his face area, um, it, it was so disturbing. Um, and I found myself going to a place of just, I don't want to say hopelessness. Um, but I was extremely sad as well, because a lot of times we walk around and we tell you kids or we tell younger kids or the youth, you know, you can do better. You don't have to make these decisions if you just comply, if you do everything that they're asking you to do, if you're polite, if you keep your voice down, if you don't yell, if you don't make any sudden moves. Like we put the onus on the children and the people in the profession have no accountability. I have a problem with that because I don't know what I'm supposed to tell young black boys that come into black youth leadership project to our support networks. And we're telling them to change their attitudes, stop doing certain things and they will be okay. And then you have an issue like this where this young man was, was driving and you just wanted somebody to pick on. And it didn't matter that he hadn't committed any crimes. It didn't matter to you that his mama loved him or his son was waiting for him to come home. It didn't matter. So what do we do? Because it's assumed that, you know, these issues that we're talking about only affect the person that was, say, um, dealt with in a brutal way or that died. But there are ramifications and there are trauma that goes throughout the family. I was reading this morning um, the sister Atiana Jefferson out in Texas who was playing video games with her nephew. Um, her sister passed away this morning. Um, and that is in addition to her mother having passed away, her father having passed away after she was killed by police, and now her sister. So her nephew no longer has a mother. And so as we're going through these stories and we're listening to the effects that these type of things have on the community, it's not just one person that's affected. It's not just that family. It's everybody who has a black male in their family who drives. Now you're scared for them. And I was watching also on Twitter, I'm sorry, on um, Instagram, Hashim LaFord, LaFon LaFord, uh, or he's a father. He has um, several young children and he's a father of black boys. He said that his he and his daughter, his, uh, I think she's like seven, six, seven, eight, something else in that age range. They were walking down the street and his daughter saw a police officer passing 
she held on to her daddy so tight. He said, and at that moment, I realized my daughter was trying to protect me. So what message are we sending to these people, to these children out there with black fathers, uh, these black boys? What message are we communicating when we think somebody should get a damn cookie for doing their job and getting rid of five bad apples, six, if I count the gentleman that was added to the fray this morning? What message are we sending? And I see my baby's over here crying, but yeah, you are. Um, what message are we sending and what is our responsibility? And I'm talking to the parents out here, the community members, the advocates. What is our responsibility to these babies to hold up their spirit in um, when these things are happening? Because I refuse to go on and do a show on NILs when this type of thing happens. And I wanted to make sure y'all were okay. So, you know, I'll, I'll be quiet and I'll jump off my, my soapbox. But I'm pissed. I'm pissed that somebody thinks that they deserve a medal for doing the right thing. I'm pissed that these five jackasses decided to take a life because they could. I'm just pissed all the way around that these children are, are ingesting trauma on a daily basis. And we really have no real answers as how we're going to protect or respond to these babies in the community. And I'll be quiet. <laughs> I know that was a lot and I'm sorry. Um, yes, Samuel, go ahead. Uh, and I just wanted to say that first off, when, whenever you uh, talk, there's like a static sound that's coming through. Oh I Lord, Samuel, go to my point. What are we talking and about? Then, and then also, <laughs> about the situation and about like people that experience it. And I feel like there have to be a level of dissensus, like a level of numbness you have to kind of control for yourself, like anesthesia, when you get your wisdom teeth pulled out, like it's for your own protection to protect yourself from that pain consuming you from everything that happens in your life and what you hear about, what you see, what, what you see your what happens to your family members, it can consume you. It can take over your whole person where you have no room for your personality, for your loved ones, and for your for your hobbies. All every part of yourself is consumed by everything around you. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say that. Thank you. Melissa, do you have anything you want to add? Because I know we're winding down. We got about a minute and a half. So I just want to get some closing comments from you guys. <laughs> um, I don't even know what there is to add because like you said, you can raise your kids to always what we consider in society to do the right thing. You know, don't resist, comply with the officers, but it isn't our fault. And I don't want to say it's not our problem, but it isn't our fault. And I don't really know. It's really hard to come up with a solution when the entire system is messed up and the entire country that we live in is built on this system and is built on a system that was meant to oppress us and hurt us. Um, I don't know. It's a lot. This is a really, really hard topic to talk about. And it isn't the first time we've talked about it. And it definitely, unfortunately, won't be the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Keila? Yeah. Like I said in the beginning, I'm sad. But like, as 
we keep talking i'm getting pissed too i'm just like this is so stupid it's stupid yeah it's it's dumb it's really yeah. stupid genuinely that's all i can say Jalen. just like you said like you can do everything right in a situation it's not and it's not enough 71 commands in 13 minutes like as a person do you really think that like those five people do you guys really think that you guys set that man up for success in that situation 71 commands i don't think they care i I know and then you and then you get to the point where you're like oh well now son fatherless now that's a whole different trauma right there now you're setting him up for failure all you're already setting him on that track because you don't have that father figure there now he's gonna be it's, it's it's different it's just repercussions and it's sad very very sad yeah uh, I'm going to go to Jada. Are you okay to talk? or are fine. Think? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, no. Um, you know, it was just a momentary thought when you were talking about how that um, little girl had squeezed her dad's hand and how, you know, you talk about the boys in BBSN and you try to, you know, kind of educate them on just always doing the right thing so it doesn't give people a reason. But just because we're Black will always give people a reason for us to be targets. And I think that that's unfair, but unfortunately, it's our reality. Um, And just thinking about that, you know, just thinking about how it affects the Black community and how anybody who's Black and who is a male who's driving could be living in fear right now. It kind of just made me think of my older cousins, my dad, you know, my younger cousins who may start driving, who are just walking to school or walking down the street. You know, it just makes me think about no matter what they do, just because they're black, they will always mm-hmm. be targets. And, you know, I can only imagine how the mom is feeling right now. Cause just thinking about losing somebody that I care about made me upset. So mm-hmm. yeah. And then one last point. I I got my so the first day I got my, my car when I had first got my license, I got pulled over. Right. That's because you weren't supposed to have that pretty car. But and go then, ahead. But, but listen, <laughs> listen to what the police officer asked me. First thing he asked me, are there guns or bazookas in the car? Bazookas? Bazooka. He asked me Am if I, I had a bazooka. Am I going to war? Like... He asked me if I had a bazooka. <laughs> a bazooka is bigger than my car. So is how it? would I? Bazookas are big. Oh, Jesus I don't even. I, I don't think it's I know a big old bazooka gum. It's a big old oh. rocket. <laughs> how am I going to have a rocket in my car? That's what I was wondering. Like, just the stuff that they ask you, like, come on now. No. You want to I check? just got. He was like, "I can see you just got the car." Yeah. Okay. So why am I getting pulled over? Why did you get pulled over? Were you speeding? Nope. I was at a. I was at a stoplight. He turned. <laughs> no. I'm. I'm literally at a stoplight. He turns around. He sees me. I see him. He turns around. Does a U turn behind me. He turns on his lights. Okay. Don't even know why. Can't even tell you. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And you've been carrying that around, huh? Yep. <laughs> oh Lord. Yep. Uh, Doctor O. Golly. <laughs> well, the good news. Well, the, the the good news is, you know, uh, and th- there are a lot of us who are working to, you know, update, bring the system into the twenty first century, uh, so that it's, you know, just for everyone. You know, and I'm sure everybody here knows that, uh, you know, I'm one of the co founders of the fifty fourth mile policing project, where we're creating a curriculum for, you know, police leaders. Uh, you know, to help them uh, and their employees 
to be better at community engagement so that we can prevent, you know, things that happen in Memphis from happening again. And, you know, we did this back in 2020 and, you know, here we are again. And I feel everything that, I mean, trust me when I tell y'all, man, I was in a fit of rage this whole weekend myself because I know a lot of good police officers out there. There's a ton of them out there who are doing great work. And because of the actions of a few, it's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, I hear all the comments about, oh no, all cops are bad and this, that, and a third. And I feel that pain. I, I don't blame people, you know, when they, when they're when at their wits end and they're just like, you know what, let's eradicate the system, start all over again and all of that. I don't blame people for saying that. I don't blame them for feeling that. Uh, but just know that there are a lot of us who are working hard to fix a lot of the issues so that we don't keep coming back and having these type of conversations every month, every other month, you know, every week or anything like that. So um, just, uh, that's, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. You know? and, and just because I rant, I don't want to give the impression that I dislike law enforcement officers. Um, everybody who uh, knows me knows that Dr. O and I met because I was doing a program um, every third Saturday where officers, black officers would come and we would have breakfast um, and we would just chit chat because I didn't want the first interaction that black children had with law enforcement to be a negative one. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to AG. I just saw him the other day. Um, and, you know, I, I just I get really ticked off because it's not the stories of the good ones that we hear about at all. The only time we see good things about officers, they're giving somebody something, they doing the cabbage patch or the running man or the Cupid shuffle or right. something um, that does not really impact the violence or the vitriol that we are seeing spewed um, on the black community consistently. And so I just wanted to say that I do not hate law enforcement. I hate police brutality. I hate um, people not being held accountable. And I think qualified immunity should end. Um, and I mean that with my whole chest. I'll say that. Um, I think that it should end. But we have run out of time for today. I want to thank you guys uh, for uh, chiming in and, and getting prepared for today. I know the, the switch was last minute. I want to thank Keela for jumping in here. Uh, I told her this morning she would be on and she made sure that she was uh, ready and available. Uh, I want to thank Dr. O who always graciously gives us his time so that we can understand some of the things that are going on uh, with law enforcement. Uh, and we love, we love, love, love Dr. O. Um, but we as a, the cast of Black, uh, the Black versus the Board of the Education, uh, we want to make the community aware that, you know, these things are happening and we are here. We have multiple support networks uh, for you in the community, whether you're a parent, grandparent, boy or girl, um, an ally just looking for a place to belong, a family to belong to. We are here. If you are interested in sitting in the chairs where our young people are or you're interested in the folks behind the scenes doing the camera work, the, the comments, uh, the other stuff. We, our student media program has uh, launched and we had such a great time the first time and you guys are meeting this Saturday or next Saturday? Is it this Saturday? No? Okay. Yep, next. next Saturday? <laughs> okay. They're looking at me. I'm looking at them looking at me. So we will have it on the website when we confirm the day that we are meeting again. Um, also, I want you all to mark your calendars on um, February 22nd. Per. We are holding our Black History Month celebration and giveaway. If you are in need of school supplies, 
resources, um, groceries, all those good things. We want you to join us at District 56 um, from 6 to 8 uh, as we love on our community intentionally and on purpose. Uh, am I missing anything? Oh, uh, because I'm such a great person, uh, the um, Our Story Black History musical is uh, tomorrow night at the Safe Credit Union Center. If you don't have tickets and you want to go um, and support that endeavor, uh, tickets, I believe, are $35. You can go uh, to the Safe Credit Union Center and cop those to see the Black History musical. And with that, with that... <laughs> We're going to get out of here. We're going to hit you with the wave. We'll catch you right here next week, 430 <laughs> on Facebook and uh, YouTube. Uh, so, Sam, go ahead and pop us off. Hit us off. Like that? Come on, Melissa. Where you at, Melissa? Oh, Dr. Man. O? No. What? Oh, Lord. You got on the wave? Okay, come, come on. on. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we are indeed a whole mood.